Hey y'all and welcome back to the second episode of season two of Becoming No One. I'm your host Big Taj and today we're just going to dive deeper into the Hermetic Principles. Welcome back to another episode y'all. In this episode again we're going to look deeper into the Hermetic Principles and what we know because of these principles. Now I'm going to tell y'all something. What's crazy about doing this episode and writing it was I had so many different revelations during this episode and I feel like when the truth starts to come to the surface it becomes really really easy to see through like the lies and the conditioning that we have been force fed. So I can't wait to bring some of these things full circle for you guys and I hope this episode really helps us to start a conversation about our belief system and what we have been taught about our existence okay. So today we're going to jump right in because we got a lot of information to go over. I am going to try to speak slower this time because I realized I was so excited in the last episode that I was talking so damn fast. So I'm going to try to slow it down because I know a lot of people are taking notes um, because I get that comment a lot. So um, I appreciate y'all and let's hop right on in. So first, I want to start off by talking about mental transmutation because we hit on a a little bit last episode, but we really, really have to understand this concept in order for us to understand the universe being mental, okay? So the Kabbalion says that the mind as well as metals and elements may be transmuted from state to state, from degree to degree, from condition to condition, pole to pole, vibration to vibration, and that true hermetic transmutation is a mental art. Now, when we talk about transmutation or alchemy in the realm of science, we only talk about the transmutation of like base metals into gold. Um, there are even like shows about this too, because I talked about this last season when I was given examples and resources for you guys. There's an anime show called The Metal Alchemist where they drop so many gems about this transmutation of like metals and elements, which I think is really, really helpful um, when we're just in the realm of what we're learning right now, but we have never been taught about mental transmutation. So to transmute, according to the Kabbalion, means to change from one nature, form, or substance into another, to transform. And mental transmutation means the art of changing and transforming mental states, forms, and conditions into others. So it's the art of mental chemistry or a form of mystic psychology. So just to explain it a little bit further, transmutation is just changing or transforming one thing into another. So basically the Kabbalion is saying that nothing is final and we have the ability to transform our thoughts, our emotions, and our mental vibrations into another state. So to me, mental trans transmutation is learning to master your mind okay now we talked about Hermes a little bit last episode but Hermes again is the founder of the schools of thought and you have to understand that the people who practice hermeticism were the original astrologers the original alchemists the original psychologists okay so each has influenced our scientists today, okay? So like astrology helped to develop astronomy while alchemy grew chemistry and mystic psychology grew into modern psychology, okay? So there's influence of these hermetic principles within those sciences today in modern science. Uh, But there's even evidence like 
um, the pyramids of Giza that suggests that ancients really understood astronomy as well. And they also had knowledge of chemical properties and psychology, especially the part of psychology they refused to teach us, which they refer to as the psychic sciences. Okay, we talked about them last season. Okay, there's a part of us that we're denying because we're just not aware of it. And that's where hermeticism is trying to teach, okay? They knew the transcendental nature of these scientists, which are just the outer and inner workings, okay? There's just a part or component that we're missing so that we can, we're not seeing the full picture of the science because there's just a part that we're missing, okay? So the Kabbalion says that transcendental astronomy is astrology and transcendental chemistry is alchemy and transcendental psychology is just mystic psychology or the psychic sciences. Um, so today we're going to dive into each principle and try to understand why the principles are what they are. So um, the first principle, again, is mentalism. And I'm not going to lie, pretty much this whole entire episode is going to be about mentalism because we can't really jump into the other ones until we really understand like what the all is, like how the universe was created and things like that. So um, let's hop in. So first, let's try to understand why the Kabbalion is saying that the universe is mental. OK, so. The Kabbalion says that if the universe is mental, then mental transmutation must be the art of changing the conditions of the universe, like matter, force, and mind. And y'all, this sent me into a fucking tizzy just because when I hear certain things, my mind just starts working in overdrive. And I automatically thought about the avatar of the last airbender because... Uh, it made me look at it very differently. If the if we can change conditions around us with the mind, then mastering the elements with the mind isn't too far-fetched. In fact, apparently, there are mental alchemists who have mastered the elements of nature, and they can basically control them, including, including physical phenomenons like earthquakes and tornadoes. So what if, y'all? The powers that be understand this information, right? But a lot of them are polarizing in this negative direction. What if what they're doing with technology is trying to mimic what people are able actually able to do naturally the people who are able to learn the art of mental transmutation and learn how to control the elements which again control of the elements is at the top of the top like I'm talking about these people are highly developed people they aren't you know people who are who just started learning this information no these are people who study and master this information every day and probably have been since they were kids right so what if the powers that be are just trying to mimic or duplicate what they can't do in the physical because, again, they've chosen this path that causes them to skip their heart heart space, right? Um, because when we talked about the levels of consciousness and we talked about polarizing in that negative direction, we talked about how they don't find the heart space to be useful. But for us, if we understand what the heart space does, it is literally the, the portal to the spiritual realms, okay? So without the heart space, you cannot polarize um, fully into the positive and you won't have that divine connection to your higher self. Okay. So those people tend up in, uh, end up being extreme nar narcissists and living in their ego because they don't have access to that space. So what if they know that and they're using technology to basically supplement that, which again leads me to the fall of Atlantis because we all know that Atlantis fell because of technology and what they were doing with technology was unnatural and it fell outside of these laws of the universe, right? which caused a falling consciousness. So it just feels like just reading this information and trying to put this stuff together that history may be trying to repeat itself. And the only way that we can really stop or participate 
in stopping this from happening, this fallen consciousness again, is for us to start raising our consciousness because we're all connected and we end up affecting the people around us based on what our consciousness level is. That's why there are so many people who are light workers or indigo children that are coming to earth at this time, because the people who are incarnating at this time are people who chose to be here because just by them being here at this higher vibration, they raise the consciousness of the planet. I don't know y'all, it's just a thought. Let me know what y'all think. But in addition to that though, it also makes me think that the people who have mastered this have kept them hidden. Like they've kept their gifts hidden because they understand that the level of consciousness on this planet has not risen enough for them not to be burned at the stake for witchcraft because we have a fundamental misunderstanding of not only who we are, but what we're also capable of through conditioning. We've been conditioned against our own abilities and our own powers, y'all. Y'all, I kid y'all not. I was at the crystal store with my mom this weekend because I had went home to visit my brother for his birthday. And the crystal store just happens to be inside of this little peddler's mall. So there's a bunch of like vintage knickknacks and like mattresses and a whole bunch of shit that you can get at this little peddler's mall, right? So I'm walking down the aisle with my mom and there's this case that's full of like crystals and it has like skull heads, it has sel selenite, tourmaline, it has those orgon pyramids that basically help with um, electromagnetic frequencies, like it kind of protects your energy from, you know, the frequencies that are coming from these 5G towers or whatever. I have a bunch around my home. And this guy literally looks at his friend and was like, this is so fucking demonic. This is witchcraft. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it just made me realize how low of a level of consciousness some of us are at because we just do not know. Because if you remember from last season, we talked about crystals and how they come from the plane that is highest to this God consciousness, this God energy, or this the all is how what how the Kampalian refers to it. So it's just, we just don't understand the world that we live in. And it's not our fault. We have been conditioned against the things that are supposed to be divine tools, things that are supposed to help us. Um, and we don't even understand that the crystals aren't even what give us our power. We set the intention. It is our it is our mind. We create the energy that goes into it. The crystal is just a source of helping us. So it just was really crazy um, when I was doing this episode. It's like things were just happening that kind of lined up with what I wanted to portray. And one of them was just a lot of us just are not at a high level of consciousness. And, you know, even if the these people do exist, right, the people... Even if you've seen Dr. Strange, the multiverse, those type of people who can control the elements, who can control the world around them, that can open up portals, whatever. They're not going to tell us because we are not at a level of consciousness where we could actually understand. And what we don't understand, we end up fearing, which caused, you know, the Salem witch trials. It's just like, even if they did have it, they wouldn't even tell us. And I don't even blame them. Now, according to the Kabbalion, there are lesser alchemists as well, right? Because the ones who have mastered the elements or whatever are considered to be mental alchemists. Um, and they've mastered the mental transmutation, okay? But they're far and few in between where they have these lesser alchemists too, which are called the initiates, 
the Kabbalion is written by three of these initiates, okay? And also teachers who haven't reached this level of mastering um, the elements, but they are able to transmute mental conditions and states using formulas, treatments, affirmations, and denials, okay? So there are also schools of mental sciences as well, which is something I did not know. So this isn't simple by any means, okay? There's a lot to the art. There's formulas to this, okay? And a lot of it, though, has been lost over the years. So um, a lot of the newer mental alchemist schools are very ignorant compared to the ancient masters, which is something we have to know as well, okay? Because the three initiates who wrote the Kabbalion were trying to keep this information as true and pure as possible because they felt like the art was being lost, okay? So not only can you change the mental conditions and states of yourself, but you also can change the mental conditions and states of others, especially people who do not know how to spiritually protect themselves. This is what they do when they put those frequencies that disrupt our frequencies frequency in movies and music okay they understand this this is also what lower vibrational or higher vibrational entities do when they attach to us as well because a lot of us are unaware of our abilities and we have been given words like coincidence phenomena and conspiracy theories to stop us from looking further into what is happening that we can see but can't scientifically explain so we know so little because the powers that be are weaponizing the principle of polarity um, against us along with our ignorance of the information. But don't worry, I got us, boo-boo. So let's hop into like what the all is. Now, for the sake and purposes of this, the all is what we would consider to be God, okay? The all is what we consider to be God consciousness, source energy, all of that, okay? Just so I don't lose anybody because we're about to start talking in the all, and I just need you to know what that is, all right? Now, the Kabbalion says, under and back of the universe of time, space, and change is ever to be found the substantial reality, the fundamental truth. So let's define some of these words to help us better, better understand that, okay? Now, substance means that which underlines all outward manifestations, the essence, the essential reality, the thing itself, okay? Now, substantial means actually existing, being the essential element, being real, okay? Whereas reality means the state of being real, true, enduring, valid, fixed, permanent, actual, etc. okay? Now, this is what helps us to understand that the universe is not fixed and nothing really is. Everything is always becoming or changing, okay? Now, I know those contradict contradict each other, but don't worry. By the end of this, y'all really will understand, okay? Now, nothing sits still. Everything is either growing, dying, or being born. Um, when something reaches its highest height, it must start to decline according to the principle of rhythm, which we talked about last time, okay? Which is that pendulum that swings in everything, now, this is saying that behind all manifestations and appearances, there has to be a substantial reality. There is no reality or substantiality in anything we see outside of us because everything is always changing. Nothing is really permanent or fixed. Everything is this physical universe, and this physical universe is temporary. Everything is an outward manifestation or appearance of an underlying power that we can't see, okay? But in a substantial 
reality. So this substantial reality has had many names like infinite or eternal energy matter. But for our purposes, this is called the all, which in turn is unknowable. So we try to ignorantly apply our characteristics, emotions and feelings and petty qualities to the all, which if you're lost again, the all is God or God consciousness. But there is no way for us to ever truly know what the all is. If you are confused, just bear with me. I promise you, I'm going to make this make sense because a lot of what I just said contradicts itself. It's like, is it is the reality real or is it not real? That's what we're going to explore today, okay? So the Kabbalion had an interesting take on the difference between religion and theology and philosophy and metaphysics. Now, we have to discuss this before we start talking about the all because um, or God because there are certain things that we have been told um, especially if you are a former Christian, current Christian, or participate in Judaism, that kind of contradicts what this says if we truly, truly are to understand what God energy is, okay? So apparently these mentalists define religion as an institutionalized realization of the existence of the all, okay, or God, and our relationship to relationship to it. However, theology is us trying to prescribe our personality qualities and characteristics to it. All right. To the all to God. Now they say that philosophy is the inquiry after knowledge of things knowable and thinkable, but metaphysics is an attempt to carry the inquiry over and beyond the boundaries and into regions unknowable and unthinkable and with the same tendencies of theology. So to these initiates, theology and metaphysics show how ignorant we are because we try to take this energy that we come from, meaning that we think that we are equal to God and that God has a personality in the same way that we do. But when I say ignorance, I don't mean it is a negative connotation. I mean, we just don't have the knowledge to back it. So what we try to do as humans is we try to um, conceptualize things from our understanding. And that means we prescribe these characteristics and things to this energy, even though that does not exist. So the Kabbalion goes on to say that which is the fundamental truth, which is a substantial reality, is beyond the true naming. But the wise man call it the all, and in its true essence, the all is unknowable, or God slash God consciousness is unknowable. Why is this important, Taja? Well, this is important because religious tools like the Bible prescribe human emotions, characteristics, and feelings to God. There is so much ego in the Bible, okay? And the powers that be know the information. So my question is, who wrote the Bible? And what makes them qualified to speak on behalf of a God that's supposed to be unknowable? Okay, or this God energy that in its very nature is undefined. Okay, so if this is true, then someone is trying to manipulate the masses to serve their own agenda. And understanding this should help you to want to discover more. Okay, into certain passages that depict God as vengeful or God as self-focused. Okay, or some of these passages that directly correlate to what was happening at the time. Right. It feels like an agenda. And I just want people to just pay attention and start to be a critical thinker. Think for yourself. And even if you do believe whatever it is that you believe, do your research and do your due diligence. Make sure that what you have been told is something that is actually accurate. 
So the next natural question is, well, what the hell is the all or God? Okay, so let's hop into what the Kabbalion says. It says, one, the all must be all that really is. There can be nothing existing outside of the all, else the all would not be the all. Okay, it's absolute. Now, two, it says the all must be infinite, for there is nothing else to define, confine, bound, limit, or restrict the all. It must be infinite in time or eternal. It must have always continuously existed, for there is nothing else to have ever created it. And something can never evolve from nothing. And if it had ever not been, even for a moment, it would not be now. It must continuously exist forever for there is nothing to destroy it and it can never not be even for a moment because something can never become nothing. It must be infinite in space. It must be everywhere for there is no place outside of the all. It cannot be otherwise than continuous in space without breaks, secession, separation or interruption for there is nothing to break, separate or interrupt its con continuity and nothing with which to fill in the gaps it must be infinite in power or absolute for there is nothing to limit restrict restrain confine disturb or condition it. it is the subject to no other power for there is no other power but the all now third and finally it says the all must be immutable or not subject to change in its real nature for there is nothing to work changes upon it nothing into which it could change into now or from which it could have changed it cannot be added to or subtracted from increase nor diminish nor become greater or lesser in any respect whatsoever it must have always been it must always remain just what it is now which is the all um, there has never been is not now or never will be anything else into which it can change now this you should be able to understand when you think about energy not saying the all is energy because it's way more than energy in the way that we conceptualize it um, but it can never be created nor destroyed. It, it can only be transformed into something else. Okay. So now that we know what it is, let's talk about assumptions that have been made about the awe and try to clear those up. Now, everything that we see in this physical reality is matter, which is energy that has been slowed down to a slowest state of existence or scientifically what they say, energy that has been interrupted. Okay. So is the all matter in the, what the Kabbalion says is no, because we now know that there is no such thing as matter. Matter is just energy slowed down to a slowest speed. So that leads us to the all being energy, except the Kabbalion says that we know that nothing can rise higher than this source and nothing manifests in the effect unless it is in the cause. So if the all was energy, then life and mind wouldn't exist, which we know it's not true because we literally use our our mind every single fucking day, right? Um, we use it separately from our energy. So the next question is, what is it? So the all is referred to by the Kabbalion as the infinite living mind. And please understand that the living mind we are referring to is, again, at a lot higher level of consciousness than our mind, okay? Because this is infinite, whereas our mind is like a fixed situation. So the Kabbalion says the infinite living mind is spirit, which if you think about it, it kind of makes sense because spirit can't be defined or explained. We all know that we have a spirit, but we don't know where it comes from. We don't understand it at all. Um, so when you use the word spirit, when we're referring to this, we're referring to like the real essence or what we are, regardless of whether or not we have this body.
So if the all is spirit, then what the hell is the universe? Okay. So let's try to pick that part, pick that apart because we know that the universe itself is made up of many different things. Okay. So the principle of correspondent correspondence actually helps us to understand how the universe was created because the principle of correspondence tells us that as above so below so let's try to examine how we can create things all right so there are three ways a man can create they can do it by using external material right they can build things or by reproducing or mating okay having a child or mentally, they can create things in their mind, like say that you're a writer, you create a storyline, and then you put it down into a book, and it becomes very, very real, right? So since the all did not have external material to make a universe, because there's nothing outside of the all, we know that can't work. We also know that the all can't reproduce or multiply itself, which is literally what we're doing when we're mating. We are participating in self-multiplication, right? Because we pass down our DNA and the person that we're, you know, mating with is passing down their DNA, okay? So that's self-multiplication. And we just said that the all cannot be subtracted from, multiplied from, all of that, okay? So the only thing that's really left is that the all was created, sorry, the all created the universe mentally, which brings us back to the initial principle that the universe is mental. In the same way that we create mental images, remember when I said that we need to work on meditation and visualization as preparation for death. And once we die, we can go directly to the world that we created. That applies to the creation of the universe as well. Okay. As above, so below, but also understand that the universe is a finite mind created by an infinite mind. Um, so it's a certain the, our, our mind, the way that we conceptualize it, is a certain fixed variable to explore, okay? So is the universe. It is a variable of that finite mind to explore, so it has fixed components, whereas the living mind is infinite, okay? So it can never really be fixed, but its creations are um, fixed. That's why this may be hard for some of us to really understand. Now, the Kabbalion says that the all creates in its infinite mind countless universes, which exist for eons of time, and yet to the all, the creations, developments, declines, and deaths of the million universes is as the time of a twinkle of an eye. So the infinite mind of the all is the womb of the universe. Now, let me explain this a little bit further. So basically, God consciousness, God source energy, the all, whatever the hell you want to call it, okay? Um, it wants to explore fixed versions of different universes for infinity and beyond. And as the mind evolves and expands in consciousness, new universes are born to explore those new variables further. So for us to say that we are God is really inaccurate because nothing could exist outside of us. And God, okay, or the all is really truly unknowable and it cannot be defined, okay? But we can in this universe. So next, the Kapalian starts to talk about the principle of gender. And I think it's really important that we revisit this because, again, I think it can be really confusing um, because a lot of us look at gender as this material manifestation instead of what it actually is, which basically tells us that anything that is created or generated manifests masculine and feminine aspects. And this applies to the mental, physical, and spiritual planes, okay? So the reason they say God or the all does not have a gender is because that's a material plane concept, okay? The God energy or the all exists outside of these principles and laws. It is the creator that makes creations. It's not a part of the creations, okay? It's where everything starts, okay? So the all is the only thing that exists above these laws. 
Um, but every universe or thing within the universes were created. So the principles of law, gender, correspondence, whatever exists within them. All right. So the all will manifest on the plane of creation or generation. Then the principles start to apply. Okay. So it's like a projecting a portion of itself because it's moving on a lower plane of existence. It falls underneath these laws or hermetic principles that we've been talking about. So next, I'm going to try to explain to you the creation cycle based on what the Kabbalion is saying. But first, we need to understand that there is no real separation or duality in masculine and feminine. It's just an aspect of manifestation because we're all a part of the all and, and the all is in every single creation. OK, spirit is in literally everything. So if you need a reference point to try to understand this, you can think of the masculine principle of the universe as God or the father and the feminine principle as nature. OK, the universal mother. So the Kabbalion says that the masculine principle projects its will towards the feminine principle. Then the latter begins the work of evolution of the universe from simple centers of activity onto the man, then on and on with higher levels of being and higher levels of consciousness. So basically, the masculine principle of the universe projects its will or what it wants it to do towards the feminine principle, which is nature. Then the creations start to evolve and continue to evolve into higher states of being. So this brings us back to death not really being a real thing because instead of the star I mean, instead of death being final, right? It's really the start of a new beginning. Kind of like when we talked about the seven planes of existence and how when you reach the eighth plane, it's just the beginning of the next universe or the first plane of the next universe. This is the same thing. So when you die to this state of being, you will begin another until you get closest to this guy energy or the all energy, which we will eventually be pulled back into, right? Because we talked about those levels of consciousness and how when you reach the seventh level of the consciousness, you will become a part of the God energy again or the all, okay? So for now, um, now that we understand that the universe is mental, we have to kind of discuss what that means because I don't want us to leave this conversation with the idea that everything is just an illusion or a figment of our imagination or that nothing is really real. OK, so we have to look at this from a broad and a narrow scope and from the broad scope. Yes, you can say nothing really exists, but the all. But we live in this material plane and everything we experience is very real for us as we know it and we see it. So even though everything is one and a part of the all, we experience separation and duality and individuality on our plane of existence. And two things can exist at once. And our reality is very, very real. OK, this is actually called the law of paradox, which we're going to dig into um, a little bit deeper. Now, the hermetic principles or the laws are the framework that holds universes together. And a lot of our science confirms the hermetic teachings of these laws with our own limited understanding applied, of course. So modern science teaches us that the universe is material and does not acknowledge that anything exists outside of the material plane, that everything is energy. If we consider the teachings of Herbert Spencer, who said there is an infinite and internal energy from which all things proceed, right? That's actually true. That's in line with the hermetic teachings. If we acknowledge that the energy that he's talking about is the all okay now the first principle is the only principle that contradicts science every other principle just illuminates the missing parts but we have to understand mentalism and that the universe is mental before we can begin to unpack the others so what i want 
you to get from today's lesson is that the universe is always changing and always in transition to something new and therefore it is not real there is no reality or substantiality however we live in the material plane where we are forced to act or operate as if these temporary things are real okay and substantial because this is the side effect of us being on a lower plane of existence okay but we need to also understand that these two viewpoints even though they contradict each other right um they can both be true at one time okay now that's the law of paradox the law of paradox tells us that if you deny one part of this right that one doesn't if you deny that one part exists without the other then we're basically living this half truth where a lot of us are just living this half truth because we think we live in this material plane and that's all that exists and that's not true okay so let me give you an example to try to make this make sense for some people okay so y'all know how jk rawlings is the creator of harry potter and harry potter has multiple different characters there's harry potter hermione ron Voldemort all of the other people, okay, that are kind of involved in Harry Potter. Now, these are all individual characters, right? But they started out as a creation of J.K. Rowland's mind, okay? So even though they're individual characters and they stand out and they're very different than J.K. Rowling's is them, themselves, J.K. Rowling's exist in every character because she gave them their vitality, their spirit and their action in a way that only she could do. OK, so even though they feel like different characters, um, you know, they were created first in her mind. So she exists in all of them in spiritually and mentally. She exists in them. OK, because the law of paradox tells us both of these can be true at once. If you deny any part of this, then it's a half truth. So all characters are are developed from life experiences of the creator. These characters can never be their creator, but their creator exists within them. This is the same for us in the all. So the all is spirit, okay? And we can only rise in on the spiritual scale by acknowledging the existence of this spirit because that is what spiritual development is, is the realization, recognition, and manifestation of the spirit within, okay? So the Kabbalion calls this true religion. You aren't discovering or developing the spirit outside of yourself, but the one within you, okay? And the whole point is to continue to develop until you dissolve back into the all, okay? So the creative cycle is as follows. First, the all is in this state of being, right, where it's just existing. Then it projects its will towards becoming. Then the process of creation begins. Apparently, this happens through this process called involution, okay? And the all does this by lowering its vibration to a very low degree. And we talk about the lowest form of energy being matter, right? So once the lowest vibrate, vibratory energy is reached, matter is actually manifested, okay? Okay. And again, it's called involution because the all becomes involved or tied up into its creation. Kind of like if like an artist or a writer becomes so consumed by their work or project that they kind of detach from everything around them in their actual reality. And they kind of get lost in their work, right? It's like the line between what's real and what's their creation starts to get blurred. And also understand that the involution is the involuntary stage of creation as well. It's sometimes called the outpouring of divine energy. And according to the Kabbalion, the evolutionary stage is called indrawing. Um, the evolutionary stage is considered to be the return of the pendulum swing or something coming home or back to the all. All right. So us evolving and growing and learning is our pendulum swinging back towards the direction of the all. 
Now, the hermetic teaching is that the outpouring that happens in the involuntary stage is the vibrations becoming so low until finally the urge to stop is reached. And then the return swing begins, which we talked about last episode when we talked about the law of rhythm. The difference here is that the outpouring is when the creative forces manifest compactly and as a whole, whereas from the evolutionary stage or in drawing, the law of individualism is manifested. Now, this law of individualism is what creates the illusion of separation. So the Kabbalion says that it's the tendency to separate into units of force. So that which is left of the all as individualized energy returns to its sources as countless highly developed units of life having risen higher and higher on the scale by means of physical, mental, or spiritual evolution. Now, the word meditation has been used by ancient Hermetists to describe the process of the mental creation of the universe in the mind of the all. And this idea seems to be through the employment of divine attention, where attention means mental reaching out or the extension of mental energy. Okay, so, so according to Hermeticism, the all meditated upon the beginning of creation, which established the material foundation of the universe by merely thinking it into existence. Then over time, the all woke up from the meditative state, which caused the manifestation process of evolution on the material, mental, and spiritual planes. Then patterns, combinations, etc. begin to form. Okay, and the manifestations of this continue to rise in consciousness higher and higher from eons of time which contains millions of years but like how our higher self can see into multiple timelines and our experiences of something traumatic is like a bad dream for the higher self or the god energy so is the many lifetimes um to the all okay so it happens like in a blink of an eye for the all so now that we know what the all is and how it creates the next natural question is why why is the all creating these universes, okay? And the answer is kind of simple. Um, there has been many speculation, but the story is when an advanced student asked Hermes this question, he pressed his lips together tightly and did not say a word, which to them indicated that either he doesn't know because it's unknowable or we can't comprehend it from our level of understanding. So the short answer is that it just does and it gets some sort of satisfaction out of it. Okay, and why is this important? Okay, because we have to understand that everything is mental in order for us to understand how important mental creations are and how powerful they are. They are just as real as anything that we create with our bare fucking hands. Okay, they're just as real as us creating a baby. So if we can understand that, then we can become a master of our finite mind and continue to learn and grow and evolve to higher levels because that's us swinging the pendulum back towards the all direction, which is, again, raising our levels of consciousness to that seventh level where we become back a part of the all. And that is what we're supposed to do. That is life's purpose, okay? So we have to master that mind so we can learn, grow, and evolve to higher levels because we came here to do that. Understanding mentalism will help you to transmute whatever is undesirable into something worthy of having. With your mind, you can rise up out of any of the lower conditions like hatred, like fear, like jealousy, envy, all of that. And those things can't be weaponized against you anymore because now you know how to spiritually protect yourself. Um, if I haven't taught y'all anything from last season... I should have taught y'all that when we talked about the levels of consciousness and we talked about the astral plane, okay? 
because you will and once you once you start growing and everything you'll be able to use your intuition and live as your true authentic self you are able to make sure that your thoughts emotions and actions line up so you can continue to evolve and grow as your highest self contrary to the duality and the opposites that we see every day okay the fear-mongering that happens in the media the tragedy that's shoved down our throats every day the goal is to be able to experience it without becoming it is to experience it while still maintaining your highest vibration so that you don't fall victim to the energies that are so low, low vibrational that you can't even see them in this plane because there are beings that vibrate so high that we can't see them, but there are also beings of the opposite that vibrate so low that we can't see them, okay? And we talked about that when we talked about the planes of existence and the astral plane in the last season, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and stop the episode here because I feel like we covered some very thought-provoking complex ideas and it really was a lot for me to digest so I know it's going to be a lot for everybody else to digest so next week we'll dive into the three great planes which are the physical mental and spiritual planes as we attempt to like wrap up the teachings of the Kabbalion okay so as far as resources for this episode again just use the Kabbalion all of this information from these first three episodes can be found directly in the Kabbalion I'm just going through and applying my knowledge and bringing it full circle for everybody okay so um i just wanted to say real quick at the end before i let y'all go i love the messages i received about being back and i'm just as happy as y'all are about you know being a medium for this information because i truly believe that with knowledge comes power and i understand how hard it is to do the work and i'm grateful to have created a space for us to come and just expand our awareness so as always i'm forever grateful for y'all i'll see y'all next week and i love y'all deep